Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our colleague Noel is on an adventure, but will return soon. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is time, once again, fellow conspiracy realists, for strange news and Matt, you know, I, I think our adventures with our weekly strange news segment are always a bit off the beaten path, but I am particularly interested in our stories today. These are like the epitome of strange news. I almost said that we the only missing ingredient here is something paranormal, but as we'll see in our first story, there might be some paranormal stuff going on too. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I Right as we were going to go in to record today, uh, I was reading the news about the newest astronauts that have just been officially announced by NASA. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet. 
Right, any major takeaways? Yeah, they're going into space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like the human interest stories of all the people that are going up? Yeah, it's the um it's the next astronaut class. So Got it. This class specifically is targeting moon missions. Uh, there's no official word yet on whether they will also be working on space stations, whether in the ISS or trying to improve something in some other partnership. Uh, we can go ahead and congratulate these folks because they earned it. If we could do a brief laundry list, are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So congratulations to Nicole Ayers, Marcos Berrios, Christina Birch, Denise Burnham, Luke Delaney, Andre Douglas, Jack Hathaway, Anil Menon, Christopher Williams, and Jessica Whitner. Uh, also, a special shout out to Nicole Ayers, who has become an astronaut at the tender age of 32. Uh, amazing. Congratulations mm-hmm. on getting to do some moon missions at some point in the future. I because, know. you know, depending on... <laughs> <laughs> depending on what we find there, your missions may be a little more exciting than you expected initially. That's right, Matt, because as you found recently, someone else is already exploring the moon and they're not from the U.S. They're not even human. And we don't <laughs> know what they're about to find. Yeah. Should we drop the, the thing so people can can look at it? Oh, do it. All right. Hey, this comes from CNET.com. China Moon Rover will investigate cube-shaped, quote, mystery object on lunar far side. <laughs> what? Space Odyssey. It's happening. Finally. Uh, <laughs> the subtitle is, is that a boulder or something else? Else, else, else. In space, no one can hear you do your own audio effects. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you showed me this, and I this completely was not on my radar, lunar or otherwise. Could you tell us a little bit about this operation itself and, like, how long has this been going on? Were they planning to run into this thing, or did it just, like, this is the less touristy side of the moon, correct? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the less touristy side. <laughs> It's it's the the dark side of the moon. No, well, it's it's just the the far side of the moon is what we will call it. That's how it's been referred to in both CNET and uh, by people giving updates from this particular mission. This is China's Chang'e four lunar lander mission, and the robot, the non-human entity that will be hanging out with whatever that mystery object is, is the U two spelled Y U T U dash two rover, and. You can actually, you can follow this on Twitter. That's the way I've been checking it out. There's a person named Andrew Jones over there on Twitter. It is, let me just make sure I get the handle correct here, at AJ underscore FI, I believe. And that's all uppercased. Uh, This person, Andrew Jones, has been giving updates. And this particular update came from him. There's an image that you can find on both that CNET article and on Andrew's Twitter page that appears to show... Something way out far in the distance, just on the horizon line, that looks kind of square. Let's say sort of square. And it looks like in the center, there's a shadow that appears to almost be, if you take your imagination there, to be like a doorway or, you know, some kind of opening in the center. 
space trash. No, wait, space <laughs> hot. Right? Because they were saying, <laughs> I saw one, uh, one story describe it as a mystery hut, which yeah. is so cool. That's the kind of enigmatic adventure I think more of us could use in our lives. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, I guess we can read some more from this article, but I don't want to throw too much water on it initially. But it's very likely that that mystery object is nothing more than a boulder from an impact long, long ago. Uh, on the moon because there are so many of those mm-hmm. and weird little boulder looking things, you know, rocks that are on the surface of the moon. But it's very reminiscent to me of the rumors around the Apollo 18 mission, this like secretive thing that was supposed to have happened where there were uh, structures on the moon discovered by the Apollo 18 crew. And there are, you know, this is something we looked into a long time ago. And I believe we even may have covered there was a movie that came out about this Apollo 18 mission. Yes. That, right? I I there's something inside my head that takes me back it there. It was um it was like a mockumentary I want to say or something like that. Like it purported to be a documentary. That was a different one. That, that was, was a different one. That was one about faking the moon landing, right? With the with the whole thing or maybe it's all getting mixed up in my head, guys, but I know there's an Apollo 18, like, documentary-style fiction movie. Oh, and there's a horror film. Maybe that's what we're thinking of from that's 2011. The that's the one. So there are all these rumors that, and it was a conspiracy theory. It has been pretty thoroughly debunked, and you can check that out if you wish. Do some searching around and, and go back and listen to one of our episodes on it, but I'm pretty sure that's been debunked. However, this is the closest thing I've seen to an actual image from the lunar surface that looks something like what was discovered in that fictional story. Ah, yes. And unfortunately, like so many other um, features on different planets or satellites, the images that are publicly available of this thing, whatever it may be, are still pretty you know, they're not high fidelity. Let's just say, let's just put it that way. It's difficult to make out what exactly the thing is. You can see, you you can definitely see it in the photographs that have been making the rounds on the news, but it's very small in these photographs. And again, to our earlier points about perspective and size, it's kind of, um, it's kind of tough to like really understand how big or small it might be as U22 draws closer, which means in English, Jade Rabbit. Dose. Yes, Jade Rabbit too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's just very exciting. And who knows what it's going to be? Who knows if we'll even find out the truth of what it discovers? <laughs> but we do know that U22 has discovered something else pretty interesting. I believe it was several years ago, 2019. It found this substance that was described as gel-like, or at least what it thought was a gel-like Ooh. substance. It was inside a crater. Uh-huh. And at least according to the official story, it was actually just rock, just a glassy looking rock. Rock juice? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So something that maybe resembled like obsidian or whatever. It's kind of shiny. And it can Correct. be misinterpreted. Okay. And I'm glad you brought that point up because it's important to establish that in the Lunar Rover game, U22 is not new. 
It's been on the lunar surface since, what, January of 2019? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've managed not to, uh, not to lose mobility, not to lose power, not to fall prey to moon men, if that's a, if that's a thing that people worry about. <laughs> uh, so already I think it's, a, it's an enormous accomplishment, and everybody involved should be pretty proud, uh, especially if they discover an actual mystery hut. Oh, man. Oh, this stuff makes me so excited. I want to believe. You know what I mean? Even if it's a rock, it could be a really interesting rock, right? Yeah, it could. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, a crashed vessel of some sort. Oh, oh man. Or yeah. one of these missions, one of these early missions that set up a base on Mars. Come on, guys. It could Ooh. be any of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it could be some like post-World War II secret underground German thing, or or it could be part of a Russian space program, or it could be a U. Oh, wait, you know what? I would be very disappointed if this happened, though I would be impressed. What if U-2-2 rolls up to this mystery thing, and there's like a hologram of Elon Musk who walks out just... <laughs> I'm clapping slowly, folks. It's like the most sarcastic thing you can do. Actually, uh, some of my friends banned me from doing that for a year because I was just, I was overusing it. You remember that. I was there. Uh, I, w- I wonder if, I wonder <laughs> if it would be even cooler if it was a creature that is vaguely reminiscent of Elon Musk. Oh, it looks yeah. very similar, but not quite Elon Musk. Some sort of muskoid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hmm. Well, but you know, I'm I'm replaying Mass Effect again because mm-hmm. it was on sale to buy the the whole. I think the first three original series of Mass Effect, the video game, and yeah. start a new character and playing through it again. And one of the first missions you encounter in that fictional video game is you you find this beacon, which is uh, a remnant of a, an ancient, like let's say the first, perhaps intelligent species that roamed the galaxy or whatever. And this kind of thing makes my mind go there where if you wanted to study the emerging intelligent species on earth, and there's already this natural satellite that goes around the planet that orbits it. If you could place something on the far side of that satellite, that is a beacon of some sort for a relay for information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could perhaps monitor pretty easily without them knowing until they are able to actually explore that satellite. So you have to think in time scales here, as in like thousands and thousands of years ago, or maybe even tens of thousands, if not millions of years ago, it was placed. If if that was something on the moon, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I'm just this is where my mind is going when I think about something like that. It would be it would be a pretty effective way for a long period of time to transfer information. You just need to locate that large satellite. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I think, um, and you could, you know, one of the best parts about that point is the just the enormous scale of time that we're talking about. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Mass Effect, other other works of science fiction have spent a lot of time thinking about spent a lot of time thinking about this because it is something that is genuinely beyond human comprehension 
You know, I mm. mean, 10 years is a long time to the average human being, uh, but that's maybe a nanosecond in galactic mm-hmm. time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if there were something, this is entirely speculative, this is a thought experiment, but if there were something, some entity or civilization or group that was, or some organism, some synthetic mind that was capable of building something like this, then... Reapers. Go ahead. <laughs> then what, uh, what, would their, what would their aims be? What would their goals be? Their idea of time would probably be pretty, would probably differ from the human idea of time. And I, I think about that a lot as well because the lunar surface is actually a, a not bad place to build things. The lunar subsurface is mm. even better. Right. So Ooh. so how cool would it be if they if they get up to this and it is like a rough, you know, stone hewn hut and then the hut has like some symbols on it. Then they're basic mathematical equations. And if you do it in the right order, then a door slowly creaks open. This is when you get into Lovecraft territory, right? Would yeah. you go down the stairs? Oh, what? I'd get on the lift. <laughs> yeah, I'd get I'd go down the stairs too, for sure. Yeah. Because you know, we we talked before about the somewhat hollow nature of parts of the moon, you know, mm-hmm. um that it can ring. And we tested that theory by launching a satellite and crashing it into the thing. Um it just makes you wonder what kind of like if you dug in just a little bit, what could you discover down there? Ooh. Maybe well actually no, we know. That's why the moon is a hot commodity right now. That's why humans are back on the moon because we're going to mine the sh- out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love I love that you did a self edit there. I yeah, yeah, I did. Well, we had somebody write in recently and they said the sensor beeps are too loud. <laughs> and please do not sensor beep as loudly as you have been. <laughs> well, let's let's also this is a, a relatively small thing. It's unrelated, but let's also point out um, Matt, I know we've talked about it off air, but I don't know if we've ever explained to folks why why we do the beep. Uh, folks, you may have heard Matt or Noel or even yours truly, yours dubiously, on other <laughs> podcasts where we curse up a storm freely. Um, I am of the mind that I, I'm a fan of the studies that indicate use of so-called blue language can you know be poetic in its sense but the honest truth is we just think the beeps are funny the (laughs) you know it's the hitchcockian approach to censorship the the monster you can't hear is much worse than what the people are actually saying and i love it and also shout out to codename doc holiday who just hit us in all caps on the group chat what'd she say matt censorship should be uncomfortable (laughs) yeah there we go I 100% agree. But yes, uh, we know they're loud and we do have some sort of rationale behind beeping. Even if it's a childish reasoning, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's still enjoyable because I always love it. I don't think anybody ever hears a beep and says, I wonder what they said. What came well, after mother, but before er? Children. I imagine that there are some younger folks listening to this, and I don't want to be the one. I don't want us to be the ones who introduce them to any four-letter or however many-letter words that uh, maybe the the old parents 
don't wish him to learn. <laughs> well, once again, my friend, I want to thank you because your conscientious nature is classing up the place. As always, <laughs> what should we what should we do with this information? I think we're all going to keep an eye on it. Um, do we know how far away the satellite is, how long it might take to get there? Uh, what what would you leave our fellow conspiracy realist with with this story? Um, for this one, we just have to wait because the rover doesn't move that quickly and it has to navigate around the large craters that are in its way between where it currently is today as we record this on December 6th and where it's headed out towards that distant mystery thing. Um, so we, it may be days, uh, weeks. I, I don't know exactly how long it's going to take. I would, again, recommend that Twitter account uh, just to, to keep getting updates or just continue to follow the Chang'e 4 mission or U-22 uh, rover's mission in other ways, wherever you get that information. All right. And with that, we are going to take a break to hear a word from a sponsor, but we'll be right back with more strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we have returned. Let's continue with our exploration of mysterious structures. Now, folks, as you know, we all traveled pretty regularly leading up to the pandemic and uh, travel is picking up again across the globe as well as domestically kind of kind as of omicron decides <laughs> what it's going to do and whether or not it's going to be really serious i love we'll i love out. that we're calling it omicron though because it sounds like a transformer is that ridiculous no I, w- when i hear the when i hear the news about omicron who I, who I think is an actual transformer. When I hear the news about like Omicron has been spotted in all these different countries or whatever, I keep imagining this Decepticon just yeah. like rolling in. Omicron, yeah. transform and roll out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, right. So there's a lot of stuff in the air, <laughs> literally, when it comes to travel. <laughs> but one thing that um, we've talked about a lot in the past is the black box, which is the street name for an onboard flight recorder, flight hmm. recording device. These things are the first component, first non-human component that rescuers look for in any kind of plane crash. They contain the all the data you would imagine, the telemetry data, they contain information about the function of the craft and they are a tremendous help to investigators who are trying to figure out what exactly happened they're also not actually black in color and i think we talked about we talked about this a little bit every time we look into a mysterious plane crash in fact they're they're actually painted bright orange because if you painted something you know just matte black and it crashed in the ocean at night why make it more difficult to find, right? So these things are bright. They're supposed to be visible. They're a vital piece of every every aircraft. And we have just learned that soon planet Earth is going to have its own black box, its own great flight recorder. And it's kind of inspiring, but it's also kind of depressing. Folks, if you are, yeah, if you're somewhere where you have access to an internet connection or you're on your phone or something, first, as always, thank you for listening. Secondly, go to earthsblackbox.com. That's earth with an S, blackbox.com, all one word. Just going to go ahead and and read the welcome page for everybody. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
Unless we dramatically transform our way of life, climate change and other man-made perils will cause our civilization to crash. Earth's black box will record every step we take toward this catastrophe. Hundreds of data sets, measurements, and interactions relating to the health of our planet will be continuously collected and safely stored for future generations. The purpose of this device is to provide an unbiased account of the events that lead to the demise of the planet. Hold accountability for future generations and inspire urgent action. How the story ends is completely up to us. Only one thing is certain. Your actions, inactions, and interactions are now being recorded. Oh, Everything's who are you fine. talking to? Who are you, who the are you dog. talking to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you watching me, Earth's Black Box? Um mm. This is this is really disturbing, and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, Ben, this connects up with our previous story to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay, first of all, this thing looks like an obelisk of some sort on its side, really. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm seeing it, Ben. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, if this thing actually gets completed, which I think it's going to be sometime next year maybe yeah yeah i believe that they'll start breaking ground on it in 2022 and once they start it shouldn't be too difficult to construct it they've they spent a lot of time figuring out how to build it in a sustainable way and, and you're Got right it. it does have a lot in common it's it's not super huge it's it sounds pretty big when you when you hear the size, but considering what it's supposed to do, it's actually packing a lot for its punch. It's thirty feet by thirteen feet long, just about. Uh, and if you look at it, just like you said, Matt, it it looks as though it is featureless. It looks yeah. as though you know you don't see windows, you don't see logos. It looks like a very weird pillar that has just been kind of awkwardly placed yeah. on this hill. In Tasmania. Well, it's got a geometric shape that doesn't appear to be natural in its surroundings. And it appears to be made out of a substance that doesn't match its surroundings. So it's specifically made to be an anomaly if, you know, someone in the future comes upon it, right? Yes. Whether by land, by air, or by space. Yes, exactly. And uh, by the way, big shout out to our fellow conspiracy realist over in Australia, Patrice. Uh, Patrice had hipped me to this story. Uh, Patrice is also the creator of a podcast you can check out on YouTube now called A is for Aliens. So uh, give it a listen. Uh, being in Australia, it makes sense that that people in that part of the world might be a little more aware of this project in Tasmania. Uh, I think you've nailed it, Matt. It is supposed to be uncanny. It's supposed to stand out. And one of the things, actually, that has been a matter of great debate with the team behind the project is uh, how to ensure longevity and sustainability, but even more of a pickle, how to make it so that other later civilizations or entities can figure out how to open the thing and use it and decipher what it's collecting. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like all the work scientists put into figuring out how to how to establish the future living things that nuclear waste sites were not 
the place you should hang out. And they did all kinds of crazy ideas, Matt. They were like uh, glowing cats, maybe. Maybe phosphorescent cats. Uh, <laughs> big stone monoliths with sort of like, you know, abandon all hope, ye who enter here vibes on them. Uh, in this case, and they're pretty upfront about this to their credit, they're still trying to figure out how they would manage to convey this explanation. The problem is you have to think of symbols that are so fundamental that they would still be understandable in some way by, by like future human or non-human entities. And then, uh, you know, the other approach would be math, just like you and I were describing with the mystery hut, which I'm still going to call it until it's proven otherwise, mystery hut on the moon, you know, um, and in great works of science fiction like Anathem, uh, math play like the ability of a of a living thing to understand the concept of math is I don't want to spoil the story too much, but that's that's a big piece of communication, and we see that with things that human beings have sent into deep space because it's mm. it's the most universal thing this species is aware of at this time. Um, I don't know, man. It's it feels important. It reminds me of the Doomsday Seed Vault. You remember that? that yeah. That's exactly where my mind is going. Mm. Uh, that I don't remember where that is. It's in Scandinavia somewhere, uh, up in the mountains, in the frigid cold. Ugh. It is in sunny Santa Monica, California. No, it is in, uh, it's in Svalbard, uh, Norway, which also, okay. also just an, on a side note here, uh, if you want to emigrate to Europe and you are having a hard time navigating all the bureaucratic hurdles, you can move to Svalbard. They'll let you in. Seriously, no fooling. You can just move to Svalbard. Uh, it's not the most hospitable climate. <laughs> Hence the doomsday vault, I guess. But, uh, it is home but, to something called a doomsday vault. So, yeah. <laughs> The reason why I'm thinking about it is just hmm. going back to the moon thing, the beacon with the fictional Mass Effect story. If, you know, people, some intelligent race comes to the Earth and finds that doomsday vault in Norway, and then you go all the way across the planet to the other hemisphere, the southern hemisphere, and you find this thing jutting out of the ground, uh, you're going to put those things together as though these are some of the most important ancient relics from this civilization and species that once lived on this charred planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, exactly. That's, it's that's like, where my brain is going right now. It's kind of sad, right? Cause it's sort of like going, imagine you're walking into a burned down house and you find a children's book and the children's book is a bunch of drawings of the family, right? You're learning about the house but I know I see that face, but not in a not in a way that will unburn the house. the The idea here is to document what is going on in the world now, uh, not just like not just metrics, the kind of stuff a flight recorder would record, but evidence of climate change, lists of species going extinct, levels of pollution, impacts on health, and they're doing this. This thing is connected to the internet. It's solar powered. It has backup batteries. It's specifically in Tasmania because that place is extraordinarily geologically sound. Hmm. So it's, it's much more likely to be around for a while. Uh, they're also collecting data into the past. 
So they're aggregating information about, hey, what were the ocean levels in 1970 or something? You know what I mean? Mm. And I'm not sure how far back it will stretch, but the idea is to arm those who come after humans with information about what went wrong, how, what happened, to maybe shed some light on the mystery. Um, I don't think it's taking the same tact as the Georgia Guidestones, which, you know, I, I guess we should do a quick and dirty explanation of the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, we actually drove up and saw them. Yeah, we did. Uh, we made a whole video documentary on it based on our colleague Noel Brown's documentary that he created in school. A list of precepts that are etched into stone out in the middle of a field on a farm, and you can drive there, and you can read these precepts about how humans need to be kept as a species to under 500 million in total, mm -hmm. and then basically how to do that, how to live. If right. we had a population that size. Right. It describes the um, some, a kind of new set of commandments that can be scary for some people, um, but even for the most open-minded person, uh, it's, it's somewhat apocalyptic and impractical because 500 million people is not, not everybody. <laughs> yeah, but the rest of the stuff, I mean, makes sense to me. Basically... Yeah. It it whittles down to don't be a jerk and make room for nature. Mm -hmm. That's that's yep. what I have in my head. Yeah, and it's a bunch of different languages. It is cool. It's worth the trip if you are near the area. If you just have to drive a couple hours out, do check it out. Tell them we sent you. This black box is meant to be a... It's not really meant to be an art project. It's meant to stand the test of time it's a collaboration between Clemenger BBDO, a creative agency called the Glue Society, and researchers at the University of Tasmania. You can imagine how some people are a little bit dismissive of this, and they're saying, hey, this is just a PR stunt. But in response to that, I would just uh, pull up the meme of the, the little kid saying, why not both, or whatever, if mm -hmm. you remember that meme. Because I think something can get PR attention, but then can also provide uh, serious scientific work of value. So I think it's smart to do it. I think it would be cooler if there were more things like this around the world. I want to live near one of these things, you know? Of course, if it were in a populated area, it would only be a matter of time before someone drew like a dong or they wrote, you know, um, Jimmy Streets was here. Or something. I don't know who Jimmy Streets is, but yeah, Jimmy Streets was there for sure. Jimmy though, Streets is there. It. That's what that's what his thing is. But we want to know what you think about this kind of project. Is it worthwhile? If not, why? And perhaps most importantly, what advice or insight would you give to the team over there at the University of Tasmania to help them solve the biggest problem right now, which is figuring out how people or things thousands and thousands of years from now would be able to open this box and even more importantly, understand what they found inside. Uh, we can't wait to hear your ideas. one stdwytk Again, thanks to Patrice in Australia. You can also email us directly, conspiracy at iheartradio.com. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. Uh, we're going to return with a story that is much less thought experimenty and uh, much more dangerous. So stay tuned.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. All right, we've returned. And we're going to take a look at one isolated incident that is currently affecting people as we record this again on Monday, December 6th. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of thing where if there are enough occurrences like this over a span of enough time and on a big enough scale, we're led down to the need for Earth's black box that we just talked about. Ooh, yeah. All right. We're going to begin on Tuesday, November 30th with a story coming out of NavyTimes.com. The headline is 
Despite reports of rashes, sickness after fuel leak, Hawaii base water is safe, Navy says. I'm going to read directly from this a bit. Although some residents aboard Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, which is in Hawaii, have complained of headaches, stomach aches, skin rashes, and pet illnesses from water that smells like gasoline, Navy officials say the water is safe to drink. Now, the Hawaii Department of Health and Navy tested the water, and they found no measurable quantities of fuel. And you can actually go to Facebook.com, and you can look up this Facebook post, which was made on the 29th of November. So I'm going to read directly from this Facebook post. The Navy is investigating reports of a chemical smell in drinking water at several homes in some of the military housing areas for this base. There is no immediate indication that the water is not safe. The Navy continues to investigate reports and is testing the water. Navy engineers visited several homes of families who reported the smell and also immediately went to Navy's drinking water wells to investigate. There was no smell or sign of fuel or chemicals in the water at the Navy's water wells and water tanks. Specialists took samples of water at several locations for testing. They're saying they continue to monitor, investigate, and will update residents. Meanwhile, the residents of this base and the surrounding areas are all saying, hey, our water smells like petroleum fuel. It Uh smells like it so much, it's crazy, and we're all getting sick. This is happening on November 30th, okay? This is all like real-time events at that moment. And... The Navy essentially came through and said, hey, we tested the water. We checked it out. Uh, Officially, the water's fine. Go about your business. You're good Mm -hmm. to go. Uh, However, if you jump back to the article from Navy Times, they're saying uh, that the Red Hill facility, which holds 20 underground fuel storage tanks that date all the way back to World War II, it sits above an aquifer, which supplies water to Oahu, the the island there, Oahu in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And... In the past, it's been the source of multiple leaks. So it is a known quantity that this Navy fuel storage system is above the aquifer that is sending people water. And it's smelling like fuel. And all the residents seem to be going, here's this piece, here's this piece. Oh, wait, this puzzle fits. Uh, But the Navy itself, at least as of November 30th, were saying, no, there's, there's nothing to see here. I'm going to jump to the next story, but let's talk about this first as this is happening. Yeah, that's this is the thing. So, uh, Matt, as you know, I have traveled widely in in my time or whatever. And uh, I I have been to some really sketchy places. I've been to some really nice places. Uh, Honolulu itself, Hawaii itself is in many ways a study in contradiction, right? Culturally. Uh, it is very different from what you would consider mainland U.S. probably, uh, in that it is a, a mix of so many distinct cultures. And the nation itself, the kingdom of Hawaii, which it was until uh, the 1950s, shout out to codename Doc Holliday's excellent stuff they don't want you to know episode on Hawaii. Sure. Check that out. Uh, the area of Honolulu itself, the capital city, um, it has a very, very, very big military presence. Because if you look at Hawaii on a map, you'll see just how far away it is 
from the rest of the United States. And its position is so strategic. So there's definitely going to be a huge military presence on the archipelago for the foreseeable future, and that's going to remain incredibly controversial. There's a lot of resistance from the local population to having the U.S. Navy there. I mean, sure, you know, you can make the argument that it provides a ton of jobs, et cetera, et cetera. It provides security. And from the U.S. perspective, it makes absolute sense to have the infrastructure they have in that area. However, it sounds like this is something that's been a long time coming that came to a head. The effects of tainted drinking water, just like you can see with lead poisoning, just like you can see with Flint, Michigan, the effects of this stuff aggregate over time. So I'm thinking, and I bet bet you and I are on the same page um, because you alluded to it as well. I'm thinking maybe something reached a tipping point and there was always some kind of concern about this. Oh, oh yeah, there there has been. And it's specifically this thing called the Red Hill facility is what it's referred to as. And it's the the fuel tanks that are sitting above the aquifer because having that infrastructure from the US military is or can possibly have a major effect on way more people than just those who are in, you know employed by the military on those bases and in the surrounding areas. Because that aquifer sends water to people across that island, the island of Oahu. Uh, and we're, we're not talking about a few. We're talking about hundreds of thousands. So let's look at the Red Hills kind of track record, this, the fuel tank. In 2014, more than 24,000 gallons of fuel leaked. Okay? Uh, not great. On May 6th, which is just earlier this year, a little over 1,600 gallons of jet fuel were spilled from a pipeline at the facility. According to the Navy, all but 38 gallons were recovered in that incident. But in November, on the 20th and the 21st, 14,000 gallons of fuel and water spilled from a drain line near the Red Hill facility. And that's from a statement by the military on November 22nd. Um, So residents there are aware that there was a fuel spill and they're aware that there appears to be fuel in their water. And again, it's the residents putting the pieces together before the officials come forward with a statement to say, Hey, don't drink that water. It's contaminated. Yeah. Right? They're like, wow, thanks. Thanks for cluing us in. We had no well, idea. <laughs> well, yeah. And well, the official statement that came out at that time was something pretty innocuous. Like we, we recommend that, you know, residents in these areas do not use the water for bathing or ingesting or, you know, general things you would use water for. Just sure. maybe don't do that. We'd recommend it for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, this is on Tuesday, November 30th, all of that. Then on Friday, December 3rd, the Friday before we're recording this, the Navy comes out and admits, yes, Pearl Harbor well is contaminated with petroleum. And this comes from military.com. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, again, go back to Facebook if you like, and you can watch the little press conference, essentially, where they made this announcement to everybody because the families were rightly freaking out. Imagine that. You know, you're unaware if you can use your water or not, but it's really the only source of water you've got. Let's say you've got a child, maybe a child that's using baby formula. 
you're going to mix you know, that baby formula with the water coming out of the tap because that's what you have available. You should see the Facebook comments on that page of families just trying to get an answer of whether or not the water is okay for days Ooh. and days and days. And you may think Tuesday to Friday, that isn't that long of a time span. But if you're imagining all the things you use water for in your daily life, that's forever, especially if there's no, there's no answers and you're not getting water provided to you in some other way as it is supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear, uh, Hawaii gets the majority of its water from groundwater. Uh, yes. And if we could talk a little bit about Red Hill, like, yeah, it's an old thing. It was built back in the 40s, I think. Mm -hmm. So this has been around for decades and decades, which means that it needs a lot of maintenance and a lot of overhauling. And that gets dangerous because the question is becomes something like this glass is broken. How do I fix this broken glass without taking out, you know, the beverage in it? How do I how do I fix this gas tank without losing any gas? You know, it's it's tough. And these things are huge. We're talking what, like a hundred feet in diameter, 250 feet deep or tall. I I don't know, man. I, I feel like, and I don't mean to sound, you know, conspiratorial or whatever, but I feel like this is one of those problems that can get kicked down the road pretty often until mm -hmm. it reaches a point like this, because it's no secret uh, the U.S. has a huge infrastructure problem. Stuff if is only we could get a giant apart. bill passed for trillions of dollars. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't know what the answer is i don't and do i do i know how much of that uh money that would get approved would actually end up going to the work that needs to be done i don't know and there are a lot of you know there are a lot of people like army corps engineers and so on at least in the mainland side who have been rightly pointing out this problem and there's been no shortage of people pointing this problem out in hawaii as well i know that there was a senate bill and Senate Bill 1259 with the, the great title relating to underground storage tanks uh, that was going to require the DOH Department of Health to start having better regulations to to have underground storage tanks and tank systems conform to federal regulations, which apparently they didn't beforehand, and to get some additional requirements, safety requirements, maintenance stuff, regulatory stuff. Uh, that bill was introduced in 2017, and then eventually it, it got tabled, which means it didn't go anywhere. Well, yeah. In, in this case, we're talking about jet fuel and diesel storage that's underground, not very far above an aquifer. Like, that to me is the problem. You're going you're gonna to store volatile hydrocarbons just above the place where all the clean water is? Ooh. I mean... It just seems like a bad idea. And I know I get I get what you're saying, Ben, and I and I agree with you on many of those those points. In this case, if you look to that that article that I was mentioning from Friday, December 3rd, when they finally come out and admit this stuff is happening, they say and disclose that on Sunday, five days prior to their disclosure here, they had tested water at the site. 
And that, quote, one test was taken on Sunday night shortly after this incident was identified to the Navy, and that test identified trace amounts of very volatile hydrocarbons that would normally be associated with JP5, which is jet fuel, or diesel fuel. So on Sunday, they they found trace amounts, right? Mm-hmm. Which I, I suppose if you're testing there at the source where the leak occurred and you're only finding trace amounts, maybe you're not that worried. But when you remember that, again, it's just above, (laughs) it's just above the aquifer. So Mm -hmm. anything that did spill out that isn't immediately in that area now has gone probably down. Out and down. Um, Yeah. Which is why you need, when something like that occurs, it just means that no matter what you are, if you're a private corporation, if you're a giant, you know, arm of the U.S. military, you need to alert people who may be affected, you know, by your actions. And it's even as not your actions, maybe it's just, it's an accident that occurred because of aging infrastructure. You still got to be able to put that word out really quickly and help people who need that information. Yeah, man. Agreed. I mean, look, we're not, I don't think either of us are saying someone in the U S military is sitting around steepling their fingers, Monty Burns style and saying, yes, Yes, let it leak just a little. <laughs> no, no, but you've got, I'm not saying that at all. Right, right. I, I don't think what we I, are, no. No, what I, what I mean is like, this is one example of the kind of thing that happens pretty frequently. And I oh, would yeah. take it back to Flint, you know, Michigan. I'd take it back sure. to other stories that we've covered like this, where some small problem that would appears to be a small problem in the beginning turns out to be a way bigger issue and nobody wants to like admit that it's happening or even like come out and officially say it's happening until you get all the information but it just stinks because maybe that's the right thing to do from an organizational strategic perspective but in the end there are consequences to real sure. people who yeah. live in an affected area yeah and this is an especially extreme case of that because it's not occurring in a vacuum Uncle Sam actually has a terrible history with pollution in and around Hawaii. Uh, I believe they had dumped tens of thousands of bombs in the ocean off Oahu from like 44 all the way to 1978. Those bombs, a lot of them are still down there. Some of them are filled with crazy damaging stuff. Uh, They like uh, hydrogen cyanide, mustard bombs, things like that, just sort of into the ocean. It's not a good splash noise, folks, but we're working live. Uh, You can actually learn more about this in a book that came out just this year, I believe, called Poisoning the Pacific, the U.S. Military Secret Dumping of Plutonium, Chemical Weapons, and Agent Orange. So Mm. as unfortunate as, as it is to point it out, the people of Hawaii are probably not especially surprised. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, If you look, and this is not all that's happening right now, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday on CNN. They posted a story, Honolulu shut down its largest water source in Oahu due to reported contamination of Navy well near Pearl Harbor. It's called the Halawa Shaft. I think that's how you would say that. It's Oahu's largest water source that they had to shut down while while the contamination is being corrected, let's say. Um... So you can learn all about that if you head over there. Again, they go deeper into some of the fuel leaks that have come out of that particular place. Mm -hmm. I just want everybody to get as much information as they can. 
and also shout out to anybody in Hawaii at all right now, because we're also reading about some of the emergency shelters that have been opened up on Oahu and Maui because of this Kona low storm that's coming through. Mm -hmm. Uh, So probably over by the time you're hearing this, but uh, maybe psychically in some way, you know that we're thinking about you right now. I don't know how that (laughs) works. We are though. Yeah. Yeah, we are very much so. And if you are listening to this in Hawaii, uh, whether in whether in Honolulu or somewhere else in the state, uh, we would love to hear your perspective on this. What do people on the ground think is going to come of this? Better regulations or just something that flashes in the news cycle and then gets suppressed? Also, if you are the person, well, well not name, who drank too much with me at that bar, that weird bar, uh, Well, shout out to you, and thanks for tuning in. See, I really do have a show. All right. But my name isn't Chris. That was my bad. Oh, (laughs) what? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but, But it's true, Matt. And this is a really, this is an important story because these things happen around the world in ways that don't often get as much attention as they should. You know what I mean? The um, the horrors of things like depleted uranium, the longstanding chemical effects of dump sites or the terrible stuff that happens to people uh, in parts of India who work in shipbreaking. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with shipbreaking, it's exactly what it sounds like. When it's time to retire a ship, who breaks it apart into smaller pieces? Um, but the world is full of dangerous pollution like this. and bringing awareness to it is important. Uh, Again, we'd love to hear from you. If you have lived in Hawaii, if you live there now, we want to hear your perspective of of the people on the ground now. What do they think is going to happen? Do they believe what the military is saying? Do they think it's only a matter of time before this happens again? Let us know what's on your mind. We try to be easy to find online. Yes, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, where we are Conspiracy Stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, where we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you could take a moment, please, right now, just a moment, uh, you know, stop doing the dishes. That's usually how I'm listening to podcasts or doing laundry or going for a run or whatever you're doing. And just head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and please give us a quick review. It can be literally a run-on sentence, a mm-hmm. full sentence. Mm-hmm. You could even do three if you're feeling nuts. A code? <laughs> it could be, I don't know if they let you do emoji, but uh, but yeah, as, as Matt's saying, uh, you know, a shout out to, uh, a shout out to our super producers, Mission Control, or codename Doc. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. And those reviews do matter. They do, yeah. they do help us, yeah. They really do help our show. So we'd really appreciate it if you liked this episode or the show in general. Uh, If you do not like social media, there's another way you can contact us. Yes, that's correct. You can right now, should you be the possessor of a telephonic device, give us a call from your mouth to our ears. All you have to do is dial, say it with me, 1-833-STDWYTK. You'll get a message. Ensuring you that you are in the right place. You'll have three minutes. Those three minutes are your own. Go nuts. 
Get weird with it. Give yourself a nickname. Tell us what's on your mind. Let us know if we can use your name and or message on the air. And most importantly, do not edit yourself. I mean, you can put in a beep over a curse word if you think it's funny. I assure you it. I think it's funny. Uh, but if if you have a story that's like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, don't feel like you have to keep calling back. Uh, just send us an email. Write the whole thing out. Give us those links. Give us those pictures. We read every single email we get. All you have to do is drop us a line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.